Hey, what is up? Welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brian Lofermento, and I've been so excited about today's episode because we are joined not by one awesome guest, but by two awesome guests who are doing really cool things in a super competitive industry and on top of that, in a super competitive city. So I'm so excited to tell you about today's two guests. But the real thing that I want you to take away from this, this is why I'm personally excited about this, is that because they're operating in such a difficult niche, there's so many lessons that we can all gain from what they're doing inside there to apply to our own businesses because they are seriously creative. You could tell that they have fun in doing what they're doing and they're also getting clients freaking awesome results. I'm so excited to tell you about today's guests. Their names are Juan Hernandez and Christian Paula. They are the guys behind Button Up Media. To tell you a little bit about them, Juan is a Florida International University alumni with a bachelor's in digital media marketing. He built his foundational skills in college where he networked with incredible people, which is why even at a young age, they're already awesome entrepreneurs. He joined a student-run full-service advertising agency that inspired him to start his very own agency in his final year of college, which is obviously so near and dear to my own entrepreneurial journey and heart as well. He loves studying history. He's a car nerd. He's an avid film lover, which is how he became interested in photography and video production which just so happens to be the link between Juan and Christian to tell you a little bit about Christian Paula. He's also an FSU alumni, but he found his passion for advertising and specializing photography through his best friend, Juan. They actually went to elementary school together. Juan purchased a DSLR camera in high school and Christian was one of his first tests for his photography, which sparked his passion and soon led to him purchasing his first camera after growing his skill as a portrait photographer and having a silent competition with his friend on who could take the best pictures. It eventually led to his interest in advertising and marketing photography and videography while still in college. And today, Button Up Media helps restaurants absolutely crushed when it comes to marketing and social media. They do beautiful work, but I don't want to tell you any more about it. I'm so excited to dive straight into my interview today with Juan Hernandez and Christian Paula. All right, Juan and Christian, dudes, what a freaking intro. I was excited to give that one. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing fantastic. That was a lovely intro. Heck yeah. You guys make my life easy because there's so much of your entrepreneurial story that I love and that I personally relate with having started my first business when I was in college. But you guys, listeners always love hearing your own backstory from your own words. So I'd love for you guys to tell us how the heck did we end up here? So, I mean, it's, I'm not going to go through all of it, through the whole story. You kind of told some of the best talking points there, but I mean, I just, in high school is where it really started for me. I, I was going to go on vacation with my parents to Europe and my dad was looking for a camera and that's when I was starting to get into photography. So I used that as an excuse. I was like, oh, hey dad, you should buy this camera for the, for the trip. <laughs> and he thought he was going to use it, but I, I ended up using it the entire time. And then that's how I was able to start practicing uh, using photography and taking pictures of all my classmates and stuff. That's what I did to get into it. Uh, but the, the question that was always looming over my head was, uh, how do I make money by using a camera? Because I was like, I, I'm not good at anything else. This is what I'm good at. <laughs> so I need to figure that out. So I tried like freelance, you know, photography for people at first, like doing portraits for people. Uh, but once I got into college, that's when it all clicked. Uh, I started taking digital media marketing uh, just out of kind of coincidence. I was like, oh, digital media. 
uh, photography, videography that should work. And that's when I learned more about the world of advertising and how I could apply my video and photography skills to uh, advertising and social media marketing. And that's how I got into it. Chris can tell you a little bit about the way he got into it as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, similarly, as Juan mentioned uh, earlier, uh, I got into it uh, off of a whim. I originally wanted to, I, I wanted to study to be a lawyer um, because I thought the only way to make money was through STEM or through law, which I thought was funny, uh, looking back on it now. Um, and actually got into advertising through Juan. Juan got a, like a camera for, again, we were close friends for a very long time. So when he got a camera, uh, you know, I kind of just like, I was around them when I was taking pictures. Uh, sometimes I asked them to take pictures of me and then that led to uh, me stumbling upon a good uh, investment of my own, my own camera. And then I remember um, early on had a couple uh, little comp friendly competition with, uh, with one on who could take the best photos, even though we never openly discussed that or talked about it, it was just like, I would check his Instagram feed and go like, damn, you know, man, like <laughs> I could do better than that. I'm going to do better than that. And I would take my, my own photos and do my own setups and do, um, a bunch of different types of, um, uh, uh, style photography for portraits of different people. And then, uh, when I went to FSU, again, I went to study law, um, but wound it up in a marketing course, um, just because I needed an elective and it's what I found. I wasn't really, uh, very school driven. So I didn't like really put a lot of thought into picking my classes. So I just found that class really loved it, had a fantastic teacher there and, um, and then soon picked it up. Um, and then, yeah, me and Juan later reconvened and it's a whole other story of its own um, and how we started this brand and company. Yeah, I love that overview from both of you because all of that led to exactly Christian, you just alluded to it now, button up media where you guys are crushing in the restaurant industry, which is not an easy industry. And you also happen to be doing it in Miami, which is a super competitive market as well for consumers, and especially for businesses who are trying to stand out as far as being luxury brands or high end, ho high end hotels and restaurants. There's so much competition there. So I'm super curious to hear from you guys. This is a question I don't have any pre-planned questions and listeners know that and it's always free-flowing but the one thing that when I look at your story having related to it starting when I was 19 you guys are 22 and you're already you've got awesome clients under your belt and I remember when I was a teenager I was like how's anyone gonna take me seriously I'm so young it was big-time imposter syndrome whereas in the case of you guys and hearing the way you guys talk about this with such passion I'm just like well your youth is actually your advantage because one you guys are unbelievable with cameras in your hands and two, you guys do really good work as far as understanding social media, tapping into a local market. Talk to us about how your age has played into it, both internally, the way that you guys think about it, but also how you've entered the marketplace confidently being like, this is what we do and this is what we're amazing at. Yeah, so um, when we got started uh, originally, um, we didn't have a lot of experience uh, with video and then we took a year to do some free stuff, free freelance work. And then uh, we that's when I'd say we got extremely good at it. I don't, I don't wanna say, um, I feel like we entered an untapped market in the sense that uh, a lot of media agencies, social media agencies that maybe that they prioritize social media were stuck maybe 10 years in the past. They weren't focusing on uh, modern vertical video content, um, which is something that we felt like we could get into um, and we picked up pretty quickly um, and 
because of that, uh, that focus um, uh, and putting in our time and effort into that, and we saw a real return on investment for people for restaurants that uh, adopted a strategy of organic social media vertical uh, form content for TikTok and Instagram Reels. Um, we basically again provided that for a bunch of different restaurants now we have a bunch of different clients doing that um i don't know it's basically it's to me it's a great outlet uh for clients that are looking for social media content not to post just photos especially restaurants uh which is what we prioritize um and it's all we do basically it's our special niche in miami um uh it's not just photos it's about telling a story it's about engaging uh uh customers you know you when you're a business uh, when you're when you're basically producing um, products, you know, food is products for con- for consumers, for customers, you need to give them a reason to come to your restaurant. It's not um, it's not really about uh, it's not a need. So it's it's kind of a want. So you got to get people to come in. And a story really brings that uh, brings people to come in and uh, good looking food. So that's what we uh, really prioritize. Um, with our organic social media vertical content. I don't know if you want to. And something I wanted to add, because you were mentioning our age, it's a double-edged sword. So a lot of the time, it at first glance, whenever we meet you know new clients for the first time, it's definitely a hurdle we have to get over because they see our faces and they're like, what do, what do I get from these guys? They look like they just got out of high school. What value are these people gonna bring me? Um, and so we have to get over that hurdle by essentially telling them that our age in this case is an advantage, not a disadvantage. We grew up only in a world filled with the internet, social media, you know, from my earliest memories, I can remember, you know, just watching viral YouTube clips as a, as a kid, like that's what we grew up on. So that's what we understand. That's the world that we understood how to succeed in. And we believe that's a huge value to bring to a lot of restaurant owners because a lot of restaurant owners, are usually on the older side and not to say that they don't know how to adapt, but a viewpoint from someone our age, I think is, you know, very valuable. It's not their specialty. Exactly. And also on top of the fact that they're an owner of a restaurant, it's not what they do. They don't spend time surfing the web. What's the latest trends on like, you know, how to best improve their social media accounts. That's not their job. Their jobs to make great food, which is why we bring our age into it and our expertise into it. Yeah, I love that. And and Juan, I think you hit the the nail on the head right there, which is it is your advantage. It can either be your disadvantage or if you frame it and position it correctly, it becomes your biggest advantage. And that's something that I love about the work that you guys do. When I look at it, I mean, I'm on your website right now. I can see it in front of me as we're talking. And I'm just like, gosh, this stuff is beautiful. Like so many companies are doing TikTok vertical video as a whole incorrectly. And you guys are, it's really beautiful. And Christian, I love the fact that you didn't let me talk about, hey, you guys create video content. You guys do social media. You didn't let me talk about that without bringing in, hey, we're actually storytelling. We're actually connecting with customers. Like that's what it's about. It's not just about the visuals and the aesthetics. And so we're definitely going to talk about that. I want to pick your strategic minds because clearly you guys are brilliant when it comes to that stuff. But before we get there, one fascinating part of your entrepreneurial journey, and I love your brand, your own brand, Button Up Media, which we'll talk about at the end of today's episode, but everyone should go check out your work, buttonupmedia.com. But not only is your own brand very cool, but I love the fact that when you guys as soon as someone comes across your work, it's immediately evident what you do and who you do it for. And it's fascinating to me to see that you guys have found this niche. You guys work with restaurants. But 
it's always the age old question in entrepreneurship. Should I niche down? Should I start out more specialists or generalists? And Christian, you already talked about you guys taking freelance work. I imagine there was a time where you would have taken any client that came your way. But talk to us about how you arrived where you are as far as niching into the restaurant industry. Um, so niching into the restaurant in industry happened by mistake. You are 100% correct about that. It wasn't something that we um, intentionally dived straight into. Um, it is a matter of actually the name Button Up Media. Uh, when we came up with our company and everything, we had originally planned to be a social, uh, not just a social media marketing agency, a marketing agency that does everything for everybody all the time. Um, and we clearly, we found out um, that success comes from finding a niche and picking our niche came from just uh, the clientele we initially got, um, to be completely honest with you. So uh, we started um, when we started doing free work originally, uh, we got in contact with a lot of great, uh, fantastic chefs, uh, people uh, with food trucks, uh, a bunch of places that we had done free videos for. Um, and we kind of put our name into the industry a little bit and people kind of knew who we were. So then when we started to, when we rebranded, became a restaurant focused uh, marketing agency, that's when we saw our greatest success. That's when we started seeing clients come to us because, because so-and-so knew us as the marketing people, but so-and-so now knows us as the marketing people for restaurants. So if you now have a food truck that you're trying to start or a restaurant that you had that maybe business is slowing down and you haven't really adapted, you're gonna call the people that do marketing uh, specifically for restaurants. And again, we got into that niche kind of just by our initial clientele. And also we love food. Like it's something that we thought, you know, if we're gonna spend our time creating a business um, and uh, you, you wanna take advantage of the advantages of being an entrepreneur and that's picking what, you know, what you wanna work in. So um, I love food. It's, it's always been a passion of mine. I love cooking all the time. Um, I'm really in depth. I was already kind of into the scene a little bit, uh, just like going to restaurants all the time, uh, you know. So uh, it's just something that uh, we loved and we just got into it uh, based off our clientele and just picking what we like doing, so. And just to add on to that a little bit, it also ended up kind of being a little lucky, which is, something you'll learn a lot of entrepreneurs have. There's a little bit of luck involved. And we got lucky in the sense that, you know, the restaurant industry is a tough industry to be niched in. Uh, but luckily for us, Miami is a growing city and has been growing, you know, year over year. And alongside that growth in like population and opportunities, the restaurant industry here has grown in, uh, in popularity. It's grown in the amount of uh, Michelin star restaurants that are opening here. So the restaurant industry is in one of its, its highest yeah. yeah, peaks right now here in Miami that it's ever been, uh, which is perfect for our niche. So it kind of worked out in that sense. And it is something that we love to do and we get to eat free food. <laughs> you know, shoots. I love that. And Juan, I'm going to call out something that you just said, because I think it's really important for listeners to hear that is you talked about luck being at times in our entrepreneurial journey, it is an essential ingredient. We all need an element of luck. But Juan, obviously, you guys are humble. So I'm going to brag for you guys that you guys genuinely do do incredible work. And also luck comes your way when you're hustling, because I already caught myself slipping. It looks like I already made an error in today's episode, because when I said that there was a time where you guys were freelancing and taking on any work. Christian, it sounds like you guys weren't freelancing. You guys were doing free work. Talk to us about that. <laughs> we were doing free work. And I don't think, um, let me first preface this. Um, it was something that maybe like, um, 
not even too long ago, I struck, I maybe struggled to tell people, like, I didn't want to tell people that, you know, we got into this doing free work, but I kind of embrace that now. I think that that's a fantastic thing. If you're going to start uh, a business doing anything, right. And you're, even if you have experience, if you're as young as we were, when we started, you like, I, I mean, I like to just say that, you know, you, you have to eat, um, you have to basically take some back and forth from people. I don't know if we can, uh, we can cuss on this podcast, <laughs> but you kind of just have to like, um, um, you know, humble yourself and realize that the position that you're in is you're investing in yourself. So, um, taking on free work to start, I only advise that because there's no expectations for you. You can only learn, you can only grow from it. Um, and it's super vital to do that uh, when starting a business because, you know, it really opens you up. It helps you grow exponentially during that time period, um, especially if you're not going to get any work, paid work to start. Um, that kind of forces you into doing free work um, because maybe you don't have the experience that you necessarily need, which a lot of people when they start their business struggle to, I guess, humble themselves to do that. Um, and I think it's a really great tool for people when they when they first start. <laughs> Yeah, and just to add one more thing to that, the the networking that you get from just handing out your name to people yes. is that's how we got our first client from doing our free work for a food truck that led to the the owner of that food truck also being a chef at a different restaurant and ended up recommending us to that restaurant. That restaurant became our first paid client, and they're still they're still with us to this day. Yeah. Yeah, guys, I'll tell you what, this is episode 601 of this show. And in all of the first 600 episodes, nobody ever came on and gave this advice that you guys are saying right here, right now. And Christian, you're right. I think that there's a lot of reasons behind it is because maybe we are a little ashamed. We've all done free work. At the end of the day, let this be the episode that shares with entrepreneur to entrepreneur listeners that we've all been there and done that. And I remember when I was trying to break into the soccer industry as a teenager with my first company, I, I offered for like a guy who was a producer on TV. I said, I'll do anything for you. And he had me like creating Wikipedia pages for free for him. But that led me to those connections that, you know, six months later, I was interviewing Ronaldinho in Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. So it's crazy how those things lead to another. And, and I love the the transparency there, you guys, because I think it's super encouraging. And, and the other thing I want to add to that is to me as a more experienced entrepreneur now, having been in the game for 15 years, when I hear the hustle that you both have that you were doing free work, I was like, dang, these guys are genuinely passionate about it. Like it's even more of a reason to trust the hustle, to trust the reps that you guys have put in to become amazing at what you do, which of course now you are, which I want to hear about your thoughts about the the work that you guys do. Because when I go to your website, which again, I feel like I'm I'm gonna keep pimping it on today's episode because I want people to see the quality of your work at buttonupmedia.com. The link is wherever you are listening to this show, but you guys do social media, you also do branding. And branding, you guys, the consistency that you guys establish from the actual aesthetics of the brand to the packaging to every single thing that you guys think about for restaurants, I love that, even coupons. you guys also do websites for brands where the heck do we start in talking about what makes you guys so freaking good at what you do i mean yeah so uh i i again i don't want to uh brag i guess too much um i i don't think i think um what we provide uh as a company like our sole purpose uh for people is to essentially provide a all-in-one focused service 
specialized for restaurants in South Florida currently. Um, so if you're a restaurant in Miami, uh, Fort Lauderdale, anywhere in South Florida, and you're looking for somebody to come in, uh, have a constant uh, line of communication with you uh, whenever you need it, essentially, um, and provide you instantaneous results, basically through influencer marketing, social media, organic growth, build you a website, start building the fundamental building blocks for branding and building your business up and getting customers to actually care and, and give them a reason to come and eat at your restaurant. Uh, that's what we do. Um, that's what we specialize in. I'm super proud of the work that we put in. I'm super proud of our clients. Um, and I'm, and I'm super proud of just, um, the results basically. I mean, I like, it is insane to me because um, it's kind of, you know, social media organic growth, for example, is a very hard thing to um, establish in the real world, like to really see in the real world, like not just sales on a computer screen, but like it's fun to go and talk to the owners that are on camera and they tell me, oh, like, you know, people that come into the restaurant now, they see me and they're like, oh, I saw you on Instagram. I saw you on TikTok. Like that is super uh like fun to hear and uh and like seeing the smiles on everybody's faces when you know after a couple months of working with us and seeing the results uh and them seeing the results is is super fulfilling i've never had anything else in my life be as fulfilling as that um yeah. and i would say that two like two key differentiators i believe from our business to other marketing agencies in the area is the way we into one of the the number one thing is the way we integrate with the clients that we do have. Uh, I always tell this to brand new clients when I'm first meeting them. Uh, we believe that we are a team. Like we want you to believe that we are essentially like almost part of your restaurant, like this indispensable part. Like I'm your friend, I'm your teammate. You know, we're in this together. Like we want to see success for your restaurant as much as our own business. And we believe that that leads to a better relationship and a better relationship with the owners always leads to better work being done on our end. And the other differentiator, I believe, uh, for us is the way that we tackle our content. You know, with TikTok and Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts, there's now been like an advent of very kind of gimmicky, simple uh, videos out there, which can work. They can lead to viral results, you know, especially when you do it video after video. But, uh, but I don't believe it's sustainable. I believe these viral moments, you know, they come and they go, right? A sustainable uh, piece of content is a story that you can actually tell or a high quality video that the audience actually extracts value from. Mm -hmm. You know, if you could tell a story or provide uh, value to the audience, they're going to want to keep watching the content instead of just coming across one of your viral videos and then never seeing your account ever again. And it's just as simple as 10,000 uh, paid content viewers. So people watching because they have to watch your video because they have to watch your ad versus 10,000 people that choose to watch your ad. I mean, it's just invaluable. It's, it's a completely different story. Like um, getting those people to care about you versus people that are forced to watch you. It's a, it's a whole different story. It's very difficult. 
Yeah, I, I absolutely love so much of what you guys just shared with us. And Juan, in particular, I love how you jumped straight to, hey, here's what I think are key differentiators. Because for me, as someone on the outside looking in, I'm going to add one other key differentiator, having had the chance to talk with you guys here today, is that to me, it really stands out how important you guys view the work that you do. It's so easy for other marketing agencies, social media agencies to say, we do social media. But I love how literally with every question I ask, you guys are like, we are telling stories here. We are becoming memorable for customers. We are resonating with their experiences. You guys clearly love food as well. And you guys get so much awesome free food. And so you want to share that with other people when they're coming across it and they remember it. So I think that that's another huge differentiator for you guys is that you understand the importance of it. And part of that importance is we keep coming back to it. Juan, you just mentioned it a few times, the story. And this is where I think, obviously, you guys operate in the restaurant industry, but I actually think it's important for every single business on earth. Your business, you have a story that you shared with us here today. So talk to us about stories, because a lot of entrepreneurs will be sitting here listening to us right now saying, gosh, you guys, like, yeah, you work with restaurants, but, you know, I I have a social media agency, or I have a web design agency, or I'm a business coach, or a life coach. What the heck is my story? How do you guys get at those stories? Because at its core level, you know, dominant is dominoes and I know you guys aren't working with the the dominoes types of businesses but how do you uncover this story behind a food in dining space so I, I mean actually a story can be found anywhere even when there isn't one to be honest with you um, we actually do work with a um, a large company right now that's a, a LSG Sky Group, and they have a uh, offset ghost kitchen um, company that they're basically starting so that they build basically ghost kitchens um, with their own story and their own brand that sell um, different items uh, all around uh, South Florida, different parts of the, the, the nation even. So, um, and they technically don't have a story. There's no owner that moves from a different country that came here and started something up. And, and, you know, it's not anything like that. So we need to come up with a story and give people to really care. Um, so get get some nice close up food shots, but then really create a brand, a brand identity with the marketing company that we work with over there. Um, but a story is a story is literally everything like um, to get people to care about anything you need them, you need them to um, understand why they're there you know uh, is it because the food's incredible and it's the best pizza you're ever going to find anywhere probably not because there's a ton of pizza places so why am i coming to specifically yours why why there of all places basically um you know hype goes it, it it falters you need to get people to continuously care and especially in in the restaurant industry a super tough market um and that's why that's kind of why we exist yeah so. Yeah, I'm glad that you used that example, Christian, and especially that you picked pizza of all foods we could roll with because you got me thinking, what are the, the dining outlets that I am loyal to? And obviously, I'm on the opposite side of Florida from you guys. I love popping over this cute little town. It's called Dunedin, Florida. And it's just a little town on the coast. And whenever I go there, my first stop is always 
Tony's Pizza. Why do I always go to Tony's Pizza? Because the owner is Albanian and my mom immigrated to the US from Albania, so there's that connection. Doesn't even matter to me how good his pizza is. It also makes me think his pizza is the best I've had in Florida because we have that connection. So I love the fact that you guys go into that. I, I know that listeners always really love tangible stories and examples. So being on your website, you know, you guys have a case study on your website about a real life client example that in a two month period, you managed to reach 486,000 accounts on social media, 78,000 of which engaged with us. Go deeper into, into the real life examples. You don't have to name names if you have that client confidentiality, but Juan, give us some good stories. Because we are talking about stories, talk to us about some of that developmental aspects of, hey, we walked into this company and Christian, you just told us about the, the bigger chain, but talk to us about the development of a real life story. Lay it on us. Make, make us fall in love with one of your restaurants. So, for example, uh, I'll go into our first client, our, one of my favorite clients still. Uh, they're called Shamuja. They're a ramen restaurant based in uh, Davie, Florida, so a little bit north of Miami. And it was started by Keiichi Mayamura, who is a ramen chef, master ramen chef, who moved from Japan, from his hometown to Miami with the exact goal of opening a restaurant here in Miami, uh, as Miami is actually a sister city to his hometown of Kagoshima, Japan. And so when he moved here, that was his sole goal, was to bring that authentic ramen that he made in his restaurant back in Japan here in Miami to share it with Miami and he succeeded. I mean, he has a restaurant in Davie and he's opening a second location now in downtown, which is like his dream location. And so stories like that, when we first got into restaurant, obviously we didn't know him, like, but stories like that, they just kind of spill out. You just have to ask questions and actually like really interact with the owners and the staff. It just starts pouring out and really it makes our job easy. Like, you know, I, I believe what we do is hard, but at the same time, easy in the, in the fact that like the story's there, you know, we didn't create that story. It's just how you take the story and actually tell it to others. That I think is maybe the hard part, but the story is there. And the crazy part that you're, that you're saying right now is uh, when we spoke to Kaiichi uh, Maimura, the owner, um, he didn't seem like he, he didn't feel like in, in our opinion that his story was impactful or it didn't really matter to him, you know? And and that's been the trend with everybody that we've built stories and branding for uh, in the restaurant industry, or just any industry. Like people that have their own personal stories, they never think they're special or they're really cool or they're amazing or whatever. We need to hone in and ask the right questions to, to really find out, you know, who is this person? Who's behind the brand? How can we build this story? So yeah, exactly what Juan said. Shimuja was started in Kagoshima City, Japan. He moved, he, he moved over to Miami to bring ramen to South Florida. That is something that he wanted to do from the get-go. And that's a super aspiring story, especially when you find out that he does everything from scratch. And that's not just him. It's every restaurant that we've, that we've encountered. Um, there's always a story. Tony Sushi in uh, Miami Beach, you know, they've been there since 1987. They are the first Japanese restaurant in Miami Beach. There you go. That's the story. That's that. Hone in on it. Find deeper, deeper meanings in it. Um, more details. That's what creates the stories that, you know, people love. 
Yeah, for sure. So much behind that. And I love that tangible real life example of someone from Japan coming to the United States and continuing the ramen tradition. Juan, even as you were talking about it, I was just like, dang, next time I'm in Miami, I know where I'm going to stop. And I don't say that just because you guys are here, but it is because I'm going to remember that because inevitably when you arrive in a new city, your first question is, gosh, what the heck do I eat? And you don't know the the landscape, but knowing a story, stories are memorable. And, And the other part of stories that I really dig is obviously so much of today's episode. We're talking about your founding story. We're talking about your client's stories. I've shared a little bit about my own story, but I think the important thing is that when it comes to stories, we have a tendency to view ourselves through the lens of that story. So in you two, I see my own story when I started my first business as a teenager. And so it's so much of that that makes you guys memorable as a brand, as entrepreneurs. And obviously that then in turn works with your clients. But I'm going to play devil's advocate here because that's my role as the podcast host is to think about what the listeners are thinking. And they might be listening to you guys and they're just like, dang, You guys are really good at what you do. I can see the importance of having a story. But once I have a story, what do I do with it? Why does anyone care? Like, obviously, humility is a potent drug where we don't think other people care about our story. But how do we actually express it? And how does that turn into business? I mean, I believe a story is essential to pretty much every business. I think we went into a little bit before, but most people don't pick brands just because of the product itself. You know, the product might be amazing and, and all, but some most of the time it's, it's a kind of a marriage of both, right? You do need a good product. If it's not a good product, I'm not gonna buy it, right? But it, it's a good product with a good story behind it. It's gonna sell better than just a good product with no real tangible story behind it because that story builds trust. People. Uh, you know, the way that people, people are people, people relate with other people. So a story helps make your brand more relatable, helps it uh, be more uh, people centric. And without that story, you know, you're just this soulless product, even if it's better than the other one that has a story behind it. Yeah. And, and, and to build off of that, just really quickly, I challenge pretty much everybody uh, listening to this to find a company, the first company that comes into their head and, and it will probably be a successful company. And there's a story behind it. I can guarantee you there's, there's a story behind it of some sort. Um, so like even something like Apple, you know, people love looking at old pictures of that tech company of people of, of Steve jobs with the first computer, first Apple computer. Um, the other day I walked into, this is my, this is honestly a fantastic example of this. I walked into PDQ, which is a local, um, um, you know, chicken, uh, fried chicken uh, chain here in, uh, in Florida. Um, and they had a uh, picture on the wall, a black and white photo of their first chicken restaurant. And if you look really closely to it, um, there was probably like a 2006 Camry in the photo, uh, which I find hilarious because they're basically building a brand identity off of being this established fried chicken restaurant with just photos like that. And, and, and like, you know, a plaque on the bottom or that says like, you know, you know, like with their original name and, and all of that. And they're trying to build that brand identity through look how long we've been here. Look how long we've lasted. Um, when they really, you know, in my subjective opinion, or just like outside looking in, like you could, you could argue they haven't been here that long when somebody like McDonald's has been here since what the sixties or something like that. So, um, it's all perspective. And if you're a new company and you're listening to this and you just started something new and you're like, well, I haven't been here this long, how would I come up with a story for my brand? 
Um, it's just all about the perspective that you take. You know, you're the new kid on the block right now. Like, you're the new niche. You're the new. Uh, uh, why should people care about you rather than going with the old people that that have been around for a long time or the old companies that have been here for a really long time? So it's all perspective. It's all how you build uh, an identity. It, uh, a good way to do it is through time. Uh, a good way to do it is through culture. There's plenty of ways to do it, and yeah. Yeah, I love that overview because you're right. It is all perspective. All of marketing is just crafting the story because not only are the stories already there, whether it's something, a story that is compelling or not, but it's all about how you take it and how you convey it. So I love the attitude that you guys have towards that. Now, listeners always love a little behind the scenes information here. And they know, because I've exposed this in other episodes, that part of our process in doing research to have these conversations with awesome entrepreneurs like you is we have a little bit of a questionnaire that you guys fill out. And it's so that we can get in your head and really figure out what does make you guys different. And I know that one of the things that you guys jotted down is your motto and importance about confidence. And I love the fact that you guys wrote that because obviously there have been many times through your entrepreneurial journey, and I'm sure you experience it today, and I know you'll still experience it for many years to come where it is that question of, holy cow, this restaurant wants us to create you know, their, their packaging for to-go orders. How the heck do we do that? And you guys, obviously you're super talented at what you do but I know that a part of that is also you're not good at everything but you have the confidence that you can become good in everything talk to us about how you've had to evolve as time has gone on and gain those new skill sets and also why confidence is one of your core mottos yeah so um confidence is our as as personally like my core model um as a company uh having confidence to start something is really all you need a lot of people i feel like are stumped on it like i can't start my own business right now because i'm not experienced in this or i can't start my business right now because uh you know i haven't done this yet or i'm too young or whatever and confidence supersedes all of that the most confident people in your life are the people that uh, accomplish the craziest things I, I've noticed. I'm not the most confident. I've been, I, I think I've been confident enough to start this and Juan has to, to start this company uh, with, you know, experience that, you know, at the time, because we were confident and we thought we had all the experience in the world and we could just jump right in and make a ton of money. And uh, having that confidence and still being able to execute and being smart and ha on, on the, the, you know, the avenues you take, uh, uh, is what's important. Um, I call it unrealistic confidence. Unrealistic, realistic confidence is super important because it's not really unrealistic, but from the outside looking in, you know, your close family members, your close friends, uh, sorry, um, they might see it as unrealistic. You know, like you might have this, this, this idea, this confidence that you could, you know, be a basketball player professionally at like at, in high school or something like that. And people might look at that, oh, that's unrealistic. But realistically, it is con it's that confidence that makes it realistic to you. Um, so I don't know, I, I guess going into the company, I don't know if Warren wants to take that. Yeah, so something that I have taken out of starting this with Chris is I feel like most entrepreneurs, if not all, go into it not knowing pretty much anything about what is about to happen. I mean, you obviously go in with some sort of skill set and with the the drive of wanting to create something of your own. But besides that, you know, when I started this, I wasn't a to-go package designer. I had never, I built a website maybe once in college. I had 
not done that much video, to be honest. I was mostly focused in photography. You know, I came into a lot of this with a little bit of experience, but mostly just like, oh, I think I can do this. That's the mindset. Like, oh, I think I can do this. I would just show up at the food truck with Chris and we would just figure it out. And a lot of it is being able to know how to adapt to different situations and being confident when the client says, oh, hey, can you do this for us? And go, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And you just figure it out. Just learning and being willing to learn uh, new skills. And, you know, obviously you won't be doing everything forever. You eventually start hiring people that are better than you in most cases at that specific thing that you were doing. But being able to start the business uh, by trying to be as versatile as you can be, um, you know, I think it's one of the biggest things that I've learned starting uh, a business. Yeah, ver- versatility, like, uh, like again, and that exact, uh, that's a great point because um, when somebody came to it, the first person that came to us to design their menu, um, you know, we didn't know what we were doing, but we didn't turn it down. I knew the market and I wasn't going to charge a soup, like a crazy amount for it because I had never done it before, but I didn't make that clear. I just said yes and then tried it myself. And here's the worst case example, which is what happened the first time we did it. Um, you know, it didn't go that great. And I had to realize that, Hey, I should outsource for this and I'm taking the loss. Um, but I learned something and I'm going to learn from the person I outsource. I'm going to ask them questions. So now we do menus all the time and we design menus perfectly all the time, but that's, it took a process. You know, we didn't just practice it uh, with, you know, like without a, a client first, like basically we had somebody come in, ask us, Hey, this is what I need. Okay. Outsource it a first couple times, learn it behind the scenes and then felt confident enough to come in and actually provide it without the outsourcing. So, um, it's just trying it. It's just going like, Hey, I can do this, uh, faking it till you make it kind of thing. Um, and that's, that's re- as, as soon as you realize that's everybody, it makes your life like so much easier. Gosh, yes, guys. I feel like this is a giant spoiler alert for listeners all over the world. Juan, you said it right then and there for every listener who's tuning in today that, hey, when we all start, none of us have any idea what we're doing with regards to anything, with regards to pricing, with regards to our services, with regards to talking to clients, with regards to getting clients. So I love that big spoiler alert. And it is a key part. Having interviewed as many entrepreneurs as I have, this is a constant. So I love the fact that you guys obviously have that confidence. I'm also going to add in there, and I know listeners are going to share this view with me, is that obviously you guys are very smart and creative at all the things that you do. So it comes naturally to you guys to figure this stuff out. So I love it. We could talk about this stuff all day. And here's the thing about you guys is I know that right now you guys are working on absolutely owning the Miami restaurant scene. But I know that one day in the not too distant future, you guys are really going to explode and own the broader United States restaurant scene. And who knows how big you guys want to expand from there. But I think the sky's the limit. And I know anybody who sees the work that you guys do is going to feel the exact same way. So with all of that in mind, all your experiences up to this point, I'd love to, as we come towards the end of this episode, open the floor. And it's fun that we've got two of you here today because I'm sure you guys will have very different piece of advice. But what is your best piece of advice for listeners who are tuning in saying, gosh, I love not only what you guys have built for yourselves, but I love the impact and the growth that you're bringing and the storytelling that you're doing with your clients. What is your best piece of advice for entrepreneurs as they're looking to grow their own businesses? So I want to start with something. Uh, scalability and knowing when and how to scale. Uh, We were talking about versatility a second ago about being able to do 
everything essentially because you are the one running your business at the beginning you have to do the accounting you have to do the creative process the production everything uh but knowing when to let go of something is extremely important because you if you keep yourself tied up you your business is not going to grow and it'll hurt the quality of your product at some point and so knowing when to give up some of that profit to somebody else who's better than you at something to improve the quality of your product is important and that's something that we you know we had to do when we onboarded our um, the airline catering client that has the ghost kitchen project when we onboarded them we had to hire an editor because we couldn't you know produce all those videos without losing uh, a lot of time that stunts the growth of our own business we needed to free up that time and so we got somebody who was more of a skilled editor than we were you know we we believe that we have great creative vision uh but I, I had only done editing for about a year or two and so we get somebody who's been doing it for more than like five years who's insanely fast and it's improved our production we can do way more videos at the same quality that we were doing at before so it's just knowing when to scale when to let go of a piece of your business to somebody else and trust them with it uh you know it's key because if you don't trust other people then you're never going to grow yeah 100 percent um and then I have a piece of advice for people that are on the beginning of their business journey, maybe haven't even started their business journey. And for those people that, uh, and I've talked to a few um, people where it seems like uh, they feel like they're not ready uh, to start their business. Uh, they, they're not ready because they don't have the skill yet. Um, um, let's say logistically, uh, you are able to do it like you have uh time you have uh you know you have uh the allotted you know funds to start whatever you're going to start uh whatever the overhead cost is all of that but emotionally internally um if you feel like you're not ready um then you'll you'll never be ready um you because you've always been ready essentially um you know and i think that's really important i think that's a super important takeaway um, the earlier you start, the better. Um, but you know, the earlier you start, the more you feel like you're not ready to start. Um, so it's just one of those things where if you haven't started yet and it's something that you've been thinking about and something you want to do, uh, pursue it, uh, because you are ready. Um, you're going to encounter situations where people say, Hey, do this for me. And you have no idea what to do just do it you'll figure it out if you believe in yourself and you have that unrealistic realistic confidence you will accomplish uh, whatever task that is because that is just preliminary it's just it's just at that moment um it's just one task it's a building block for growth later on juan talked about scaling that's the second thing but that's a good problem to have if you're having a problem scaling you've already started and that you you should pat yourself on the back um for for being in that position to begin with yeah, really awesome advice from both of you on both the entrepreneur and entrepreneur side, which obviously as a podcast host makes me so happy. Juan, I love the advice about scaling because it's one of the toughest things for us to do as entrepreneurs is to understand when to let go. But also, I think your answer really highlighted the importance of understanding growth trajectories and speeds and all of that. It's such an important thing to be cogniz cognizant of. And then Christian, you alluded to one of my favorite quotes ever, which is whether you think you can 
can or you can't, you're right. A famous quote by Henry Ford. So I absolutely love that for so many entrepreneurs is that, yeah, if you think you're ready, then go for it. No matter what your other circumstances are, really good advice from two guys who are in it, who are living it, who are two incredible entrepreneurs that I'm so excited to follow your journeys from here. So with all of that said, you guys have been a wealth of knowledge. I know that you're actively taking on new clients. Like I just want every restaurant in the country to sign up with you because not only will it benefit them, but for us as consumers, I just having seen the work that you guys are doing for real life restaurants, I'm just like that makes our decisions as consumers easier to choose where to dine and to understand the experience that we're going to get. So with all of that said, I'd love to open the floor for both of you to tell listeners where the heck they should go to learn more about you guys, the work that you're doing, and everything about Button Up Media. All right. So um, you can check us out, uh, buttonupmedia.com. Um, you can also find us on social, Button Up Media. Uh, you can find us everywhere. Um, and check out some of our clients too. You can see them on our website. Um, and if you have if you have a restaurant and you are interested, uh, I'm, not, I'm just going to plug it real quick. Um, you can get you can find us and contact us on the Get Started page. You, you also find our phone number. Give us a call. Uh, one of us will answer, which is fantastic for you. Um, that's again, that's one of the things that we prioritize here at Button Up is that constant line of communication. You're not talking to some uh, employee that will put you in touch with somebody else in two to five business days. No, no, you will contact us and we will get you started immediately. Yes, you guys heard it directly from the two brilliant and creative founders of Button Up Media. Wherever it is that you're tuning in to today's episode, we'll have links to their website, buttonupmedia.com. And of course, go find them on all the socials. And listeners, I know that every single one of us knows restaurant owners. So even if you are not a restaurant owner yourself, but you know a restaurant owner and you're moved by hearing Christian and Juan here today and you're thinking, gosh, I want to put these guys in touch, you hear how personable they are in their approach. Their freaking phone number is on their website. It's so easy to get in touch with them. So Christian, Juan, you guys are seriously amazing. I think the world of the work that you guys are doing. So thank you so much for joining us here today on the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast with your host, Brian Lofermento. For show notes and to get a free copy of Brian's book, visit us online at thewantrepreneurshow.com.